Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 116 of the Big Planet Comics Podcast, the most comprehensive comic book podcast on the internet. Or inner, inner, internet. Is there a podcast that aren't on the internet? Um, I no. Those are called radio. Yeah, it's called the radio. <laughs> uh, my name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Jared. Uh, you can find us on the internet. Where you, where you found us, we are also there. We're there. Um, Just Google it. But you should tell your friends where to find us, too. Nick, turn that microphone towards your face, buddy. Just Google everything. Man. Oh, man. Just hey, Google how's everything. it going, Nick? Um, yeah, so we're here. Uh, we were not here last week, but we're here this week. Yeah, we were and here, but we weren't recording. Yeah, what was going on? Oh, I built a new counter. An entire counter by his lonesome. And I was tired. Yep. I had help, but I don't care. I was still tired. Yeah, we know. <laughs> this, this podcast is low on my priority list. Yes, we know. <laughs> uh, so next week, check out our new host. Kevin Smith. <laughs> Kevin Smith. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, so what do you guys been go- – what's been going on? Uh, did anything interesting happen in the world of comics this week? I'm not even talking about news. Let's just chat, you guys. No. Um, do you want to talk – I don't want to talk about that. What do you – what? The yeah, Superman thing? Yeah, the kid. Yeah, that was a bad thing. Uh, that was sad things. Well, But it's, it ended up happy. Yeah, I guess we, we could talk about that. So there was yeah. a – No. No, yeah, sure. there was a little kid that was uh, they got murdered and they, they were, wanted to build a, <laughs> Good start. a, a statue uh, in his honor, and DC refused to let them use the Superman logo because that was like his favorite. Because Superman's and, not a murderer, and he always wore a Superman shirt. Um, but eventually, they agreed to it. You so, gotta wonder if that's the kind of thing that just like slipped through the cracks somewhere, and then they yeah, were, it was like, really I'm bad. Sure, they were like, oh wait, no, wait, I'm sure it's just some lawyer who's like hits his. Like the lowest paid dude at the law yeah. firm who's like, oh, automatically send out another cease and desist. Yeah. But uh, yeah, eventually they were like, you can use it and uh, everything is good. Yeah. So that's it. That's a good start to our podcast little, little and a of, good end. A little, <laughs> little bit of bad publicity. But yeah. yeah. Uh, well, what about you guys personally? Personally? In the world of comics? I've been working at a comic book store. I hey, can, check out our Twitter at Big Planet Comics. I came in yep. there. <laughs> I came in third in a uh, lip syncing contest. A comic book lip syncing contest? No, just regular lip syncing. How does that relate to the world of comics? Because uh, I work at a comic book store. I was right. asking what happened to Nick in his personal life. He said personal. Oh, you right. said yeah. you said world of comics. Make it really, first. make it really personal. So, I sang um, Michael Bolton's "How Am I Supposed to Live Without You." <laughs> Most importantly, he practiced at the store a lot. So hopefully, some of you guys. Yeah, I lip synced. I had a blonde wig, and I wore the suit that he wore in the video, <laughs> which is a. Uh, black black uh, jacket, black pants, white buttoned up shirt, no tie, but bu- <laughs> yeah. buttoned up but all the way to the top. The way to the <laughs> top. <laughs> um, so how how was it judged? Um, it was judged on originality, oh. um, accuracy, and entertainment value. I think those seem like good. Those were good. Yeah. And I came in third. Um, which category? Out of how many people? Did, wait, wait, which out category of, did you feel strongest? Ten people. Wow. Okay. Hey, top, that's you know, that's like, a, that's like a C. Well, the person that came in second, it was her birthday, so uh, she had all... Well, who came in first? Uh, my girlfriend. Well, yeah. hey, what did she sing? Uh, she sang Roddy Jackson's A Moose on the Loose, <laughs> which, if you <laughs> exactly. haven't heard it, is amazing. It's bananas. I don't, it's I like don't a, know It's like a 50s, like, fast rock kind of song and about, it's really uh, weird. about a zoo breaking into a party. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. So there's a moose on the loose, there's a, a bear in the chair, there's a monk on a bunk, and there's a deer in the beer. It's a, and it's there's sound effects after each of those things. Um, it's a humor song? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, kind of funny. It's like a Weird Al one-hit wonder of Eventually, the 50s. No, it's not Weird Al. It's not like, uh, it's it's not like parody. Kind of. It. No, it's just like... Novelty. It's just like this dude was at a party, all these animals broke out of a zoo and it came there, and he had to explain it to like the <laughs> the police. <laughs> Um, it's pretty great. So weird. It's really great. You have to hear it because it's the funniest song. 
Uh, we should play it at the end of the podcast. We could do that. Let's yeah. Do that. We'll right. move um, loose. Because <laughs> nobody's ever heard of it. That's true. Oh, uh, yeah. It was that fun. definitely it was really, good for originality. really fun competition. I got really drunk. It was 4th of July, so. Oh, yeah. We set up a lot of fireworks. It was fun. Oh, yeah. 4th of July. I did stuff on 4th of July. What'd oh, you yeah. do? What'd you do? I, um, I went to the Capitol concert or whatever. Okay. Oh, did you? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> it's like they the big concert that they yeah, show on TV that they, um, that they have right outside of the Capitol. Yeah, the oh, annual, really? yeah. annual thing. Uh-huh. So I saw the Muppets. Oh, wait, what? what? Yeah. So, uh, it was like Animal Rocking Out? Uh, no, it was uh, Kermit playing banjo. That's awesome. And okay. he sang, um, This Land is Your Land. That's incredible. Wow. And is Frank also, Oz there? Uh, no, Frank Oz doesn't do voices anymore. He does? No. Um, I don't know, but was he just hanging out? He was there. He was <laughs> he standing was out with me. He was with He's me like, and my friends. Not as good. And, um, yeah, and, then they, and then he sang Rainbow Connection. Weird. And everybody was singing along, and it was really awesome. Wow. I maybe got a little bit emotional during That's that awesome. point. That's awesome. I would have cried, yeah. And then uh, I saw Patti LaBelle. <laughs> wow, that's cool. <laughs> Who uh, sang... Um, with the Muppets? No, not with the Muppets. Oh. Uh, it was the same concert. <laughs> but uh, so, And she sang um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. But when wow. she came out, she tripped, and it was right when they were building up to when she was going to start singing. And she, so she's, like, walking out, and they're like, bah, da, da, da. and then she's like, uh, uh, and then she's like, hey, y'all, I just tripped. And then she's like, somewhere. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. It was pretty great. And then uh, it all finished off with Frankie Valli, and he was fantastic. What? Yeah, that's so, crazy. So uh, Frankie Valli was the headliner. Oh, my God. He did, like, five songs. And, that's crazy. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then lineup. Yeah. And then yeah. some of the Muppets. <laughs> and then Frankie other people Valley. that I wasn't that interested in but are famous, like yeah. Jordan Sparks. Oh. Uh, nah. Philip Phillips, who won American Idol, Daughtry. Nah. Uh, no, Daughtry wasn't there. Uh, Sarah Evans, who's some country singer. I don't know, but uh, yeah. Oh, and Michael McDonald, <laughs> nice. <laughs> who has what? the funniest voice. People were jamming out, but he was he was just like singing uh, "Ain't No Mountain High Enough," and his voice is so funny. He's like, "Ain't No Mountain High Enough," <laughs> and it was great. Uh, wow. Yeah, and then when that was over, that's in a different place where you can't actually see the fireworks. Oh, really? <laughs> so we ran to the other side of DC. Wow. Um, and saw the fireworks. Uh, they shoot off and they explode behind the uh, Washington Monument. It was pretty yep. fantastic. Oh, I also uh, so after the fourth, the next morning, I woke up and drove to Ocean City. <laughs> like you do. Um, and their fireworks display was uh, delayed till the 5th, so we got to see oh, fireworks oh, twice. Because it was raining. <laughs> yeah, 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 so we got to see great. it twice. Um, that was fun. Swam on the beach for a, a day and then drove back and went to work. Next day. time you should go in the water. I, I did swim in. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I swam in the sand. <laughs> he was, Nick is uh, like a human mud skipper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just in the sand, just flopping. Um, yeah, it's so that was, for your skin. that was cool. I actually did something for That's once. That's great. Me too. <laughs> I'm usually, oh, well, you always do stuff. Usually I'm just like, I sat home, I played video games. I also did those things. Yeah. I played but. a lot of Shovel Knight, which is a new game. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I wrote a bunch. Have you played Valiant Hearts? Not yet, but I, I want to. Game. It looks cool. I want to play it. Let's start. Can we How do Jared? Can we do this a separate video game podcast? We should. We should. Yeah, we should. I would cut out a lot of our discussions. So. <laughs> it's <laughs> just true. Edit in some music, and we can do a separate podcast. Well, Valiant just Hearts in the middle of this podcast. Valiant Hearts is a is a World War One adventure game made with the UbiArt engine that was also used on Child of Light and Rayman Legends. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. All righty. <laughs> uh, Jared, what'd you do? Uh, I didn't do much. Just, Sounds great. Just to mix it up, I made cookies. Uh, what'd you do on the Fourth of July? Made cookies. That's Did you it. watch fireworks? Nope. Did you watch the thing on TV that I was at? Nope. <laughs> Cuz usually I watch the thing on TV and then I'll go watch fireworks cuz I used to live out in the suburbs. Right. But now that I live in the city, you like I'll it was just fun. walk over to the fireworks. Yeah, cuz I live um a I block live, from the fireworks. Yeah, I live Two like blocks. I live like 4 blocks from That's the capital. Cool. So yeah. um yeah, so that was cool. We, yeah, we walked over there, which was nice. Um 
Yeah, that's about it. And now people have a radius of where you live. I know. They can track me down. Yeah. Or they could probably just look up my name on the internet and find out where I live. Oh, that's that's creepy. My last name? Pereira. Panchetta. <laughs> Kevin Pereira. Kevin Pereira from Attack of the Show. Um, Yeah, so that's it. You guys want to do some news? Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, Wait, do we, nope. uh, do we say stuff before this? What is the what is the format of this show? <laughs> Let's just go into the news. Let's do some news. There's a damn rooster here. <laughs> this just in. Marvel announces an original Guardians of the Galaxy ongoing. Uh, if you don't know what that what? means. What? So the original Guardians of the Galaxy were from the future. Um, and oh. So they're doing one. It's called Guardians 3000. It's an ongoing series, which is really weird because it's written by Dan Abnett, who did the... Who created the newer Guardians of the Galaxy? Right, and wrote Legions um, of Superheroes for a million years with art by Gerardo Sandoval. Yeah. Oh, is his Legion stuff good? I have no idea. I mean, the Mark Waits, the Mark Waits yeah. stuff is the Legion stuff. He I wrote, wrote it for a while. Didn't do Legion Lost? Is that is he and uh, uh, yeah. Andy Lanning wrote it for a long time? Yeah. I, I guess I wasn't that into that stuff. Well, yeah, uh, sounds good, right? Uh, <laughs> people are excited about it. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I don't know a lot about the original Guardian stuff. Like the cosmic yeah, stuff, I, no I know idea. is that's old. Is like more like the Jim Starlin stuff. Yeah, there's like and the I guy think this predates has, that, right? Yeah, there's like a future guy who has like Captain America shield that's still the original shield. Is it weird that it's called Guardians Three Thousand since there's a book called Justice League Three Thousand? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> just exactly. want to. I just want to clarify that that is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, there's a lot of DC books announced. So this is the cool stuff. So DC announced two new Batman-related titles. Um, one is called <clears throat> Arkham Manor. It's by Gary Duggan and Sean Crystal. But it's like uh, Wayne Manor gets basically turned into Arkham Asylum. <laughs> weird. It's a weird thing. I don't know how that happens or where. Um, but yeah, there's no, uh, there's no no other explanation behind it. Uh, Gary Duggan, is this going to be weird. his first DC stuff? Because he's done like so. Deadpool stuff for Marvel. and Yeah, he right. does Nova. He wrote that last Christmas thing for Image true yeah <laughs> uh yeah but uh that one's interesting but the best one is the second one which yeah, is, is gotham funny. academy yay which is written by becky clunan not drawn by becky clunan which is kind of not as cool that's okay but, uh drawn by uh carl kershaw yeah and carl kershaw's good he is and co-written by yeah. brendan fletcher carl kershaw drew i, I just he learned it's hard for me to say his name christopher and he drew that which was amazing yes. can he draw some uh flash stuff for a yeah, while yeah he did yep. yeah. long time but yeah that one's awesome yeah it's cool did you say what it was about uh no, it's about a bunch of kids going to uh, an academy in Gotham. That's yeah, all it's about. That's like, cool though. But it's yeah. like young Bruce Wayne, right? No, it's no, like, no, 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 no. It's uh, contemporary it's, with it's in current it's a, Batman. It's in current time period. Oh, yeah. weird. Okay, it's like kids in uh, yeah. Gotham Academy. It should be cool. Um, and then DC announced a bunch of other books that are all sound kind of bad. <laughs> well, going to go throw that out. I will so, say the team on this Lobo book doesn't sound bad. So uh, Lobo by Colin Bunn and Riley Brown, which are good. Yeah, I, I mean, like Colin, Colin Bunn. Bunn Riley Brown is great. Gun. Yeah, Riley Brown drew uh, the Deadpool book that I surprisingly kind of really liked that came out this week. And um, yeah, it's about Lo- Lobo fighting what they're calling Faux Lobo. Is that Fobo? Oh boy. So there's the new Lobo, who just on his own isn't a terrible design, but but just like in contrast to original Lobo, yeah, he's just yeah. not Lobo, and yeah. like, and because they screwed up and they put Lobo in the new Fifty Two before they decided they wanted a redesign, uh, now there's Phobo, who's the imposter Lobo, who just happens to look like the Lobo that's been around for forever. Yeah. So yeah. yep, cool. Uh, another book <laughs> is Deathstroke by Tony Daniel and Sandu Floria. Yep, and then there are more books after that one. There. <laughs> Yeah, Deathstroke. I, I mean, I don't understand that. I mean, it, it failed already. Why do it again? It failed pretty bad. Uh, who was draw, who was writing the other Deathstroke book? I don't remember who I wrote don't it. Remember Kyle Higgins? Kyle Higgins, and then yeah. uh, Rob Liefeld. 
Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. <clears throat> um, and the next book is Trinity of Sin by Jim DeMatteis and uh, Evel Guiche. I can't even pronounce that. Guiche? Guiche? But uh, uh, yeah, that this... two Trinity of Sin books that already failed and got canceled. Uh, they're like, let's combine them. Maybe it'll do better. Did Pandora and Phantom Stranger get canceled? <clears throat> Both, yeah. Oh, weird. Yep. That's really strange. This <laughs> seems like the thing that was should have come out when all this started. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they should have done this instead of the two separate books, but yeah, now so. it's kind of like whatever. Um, and then Clara and the Witch Boy, which I, I was excited when I heard that, and then I, I read it. It's written by Anne Nascenti, and, Gen, and it's written and drawn by Genevieve... Genevieve? Genevieve. Uh, Genevieve Valentine. Yep. Uh, Anne Nascenti's been writing Catwoman. Not so good. So, yeah, not too excited. Wow, this, uh, yeah, so whatever. That's all kind of whatever. Uh, I, there is a new writer on Catwoman who is not anybody that's done anything before, so that's kind of exciting. Could like, go either uh, way. A new younger uh, uh, female creator on Catwoman. Yeah, so, hopefully it's good. Yeah. Uh, this next bit of news I <laughs> is really weird. How the so, mighty have fallen. Yeah. So, Brandon Routh, who played Superman in Superman Returns, is playing the Atom on Arrow. <laughs> the tv show that's so weird yeah uh there's also i forget who it was but somebody's playing firestorm on the flash show as well is it um is it val kilmer <laughs> <laughs> it's christopher Reeve. Uh, wait what is another failed george Clooney. what is a dc oh it's um no hold on hold on ryan reynolds is playing right yeah, yeah, ryan reynolds, think of who it ryan was, reynolds yeah. is playing there we go is yeah. playing firestorm uh, shaquille o'neal <laughs> oh boy <laughs> Failed. Uh, he's playing Steel. Steel. He's, he's reprising playing, he's his reprising role. Reprising his role as Steel. Finally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. I guess <laughs> that is something. It's a weird thing. And uh, this next piece of news, I don't know if it's uh, it's not really comic book related, but it was kind of big news. Um, J.K. Rowling announced that she's writing an adult Harry Potter book. So about Harry Potter when he's an adult, he's an adult. she's yeah. not Actually like doing a, it. Not like yeah. a mature. I think because there is a question mark here because they released a. Uh, adult Harry Potter short story that's already out. When did that happen? Mm. Yesterday. Oh, maybe that's what it, the news I is. Or my wife. Yeah, uh, it's basically at the Quidditch Cup of whatever, you know, 20 years in the future, and uh, Dumbledore's army shows up at the well, cup uh, again. Don't tell me. But it's all written from the point of view of Rita, that terrible hack journalist. Rita Skeeter? Yep. Oh. So it's all from her It's all from her <laughs> point of view. It's How like, long is it? It's I hate like, it's Rita like two pages, three pages. Oh, okay. She wrote some pretty bad things about Harry it. Potter. <laughs> oh, you will not like this story then. But, um, there are, but there are some new Harry Potter related books coming out, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not but a member. I, of, an adult one would be good. I'm not a member of Pottermore. Yeah. yeah. I know J.K. Rowling has another just regular book coming out. She's J.K. Rowling it just came out. And right it, now. It, is, um, it, it is comic news because Kazu Kibuishi draws the covers to the Harry He's Potter There you go. Tying it all together. Plus, all because right. everybody likes Harry Potter. Also, we have a bunch of signings and such to go on. And for that, I'll pass it off to Jared. All right. Well, this one's easy. Uh, a week from this Saturday on July 19th, Tom King, local writer slash former CIA <laughs> operative type guy, which kind of surprised me. What is he? Uh, yeah, he yeah. used to work in the counterterrorism uh, and intelligence division or something. Really I don't know if I'm comfortable cool. with him being in my store. I am. How are you going to stop him? Here's he's he's probably thing. in your store already. <laughs> he's the king of the toms. How are you going to stop him? That's true. <laughs> Here's something funny related to that. One of my friends worked at the CIA, but he worked in the costume department. What? Yet There's a cost. That's amazing. Yeah, he had to like file like mustaches and beards. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. That's great. But yeah, uh, so we got more signings. But yeah, but anyway, uh, Tom King uh, is the new co-writer on Grayson, which just started up this week, which we'll review in a little bit. And he will be at our Vienna store from noon to two and our DC store from three to five. Uh, August 9th on Saturday again, we'll have the DC Zine Fest at St. Stephen's Church here in DC, 11 to five. And then coming up after that, uh, SPX is coming up pretty soon, yeah. September oh, wow. 13th and yeah, 14th in so North soon. Bethesda, Maryland. Cracking on my comics. You don't know, yeah, do you have do. a table? 
I do. He does. Like, uh, I have a table that I'm sharing with uh, somebody. I have a table. I got two tables. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? But you have retrofit tables. Yeah, I know. What you, you gonna, gonna do? Smith Let me tell you something, no. Mean Gene. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, SPX is always good times. Yep, and I, uh, we've also got perhaps let's see, five to six more signings coming up soon that we're working on. So awesome. good. I, yeah, I don't really have a table, oh, but my friend Chris won a table, and he's like, "You can put your comics on my table." I was like, "Sweet." He won a table. Yeah, yeah. in the lottery. Oh, not like yeah, yeah. Okay. He won. A t- he just won a table. Like on the prices, right? He's just gonna set it up. <laughs> set it up in the alley. No chairs. Nope. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Should be fun. So that is it for our news. <laughs> so hey, follow us on Twitter. Wait, when do we oh, do wait. that? I got I got some weirdish comic news. So uh, Kate Leth, uh, who is famous for doing lots of Adventure Time, kind of ruling the internet with her comics. Uh, she started up a podcast. Someone else was asking about good comic podcasts. She did. And uh, her second episode uh, had our uh, lovely friends Brooke Allen and Grace Ellis. It did. As what is the podcast it. called? It is called... I forgot. Hold on. It's on my phone. Less Than Live with Kate or Die. Yes. I thought it was going to be called Scared to Leth. <laughs> that's a good that's a good podcast name. wow that's good um yeah yeah so uh but yeah, for, so, why didn't we ever have brooke and grace on our podcast uh yeah, well, because kevin said he was going to interview them and did not i mean brooke is at my house right now <laughs> uh, Just call her over you're like hey grace is staying at my house i will Wait, what is she doing both. next week <laughs> yeah well but then we watched i frankenstein yep. and you're not I gonna know. be here next choices week, were made so... oh you guys want her to co-host the podcast yeah. with you yeah that'd be great i'll ask her ask yeah. her um yeah and then uh i do have a a little thing on here. Hold on one second. That from a friend of the podcast, Sam Marks. He sends in a lot of questions and stuff. And he has his own comics podcast called Didn't Read It. Wait, is this a question? No, it's not a question, but yeah. I think it fits in this. Uh, it's hype. Oh, it's, I guess it's kind of like a question. Uh, yeah, so he he's just started a thing called the Ecstatics Comics Club. Right. And they're reading Ecstatics. Well, it's awesome. more just a comics club. Right? No, nope, it's re- called Ecstatics. Club. It's only going to be Ecstatics? Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, they have a what? lot of issues to work through. There's a, a thing called Comicosity that it's part of, and I think maybe that's a. I don't know. But if, even if they do one issue of a podcast, that's. you know, It's not a podcast. It's, a, it's, it's like not, an actual. I'm like, going to tell you guys what it is. Oh, what is it? Each week, yes. we plan to read three issues of Peter Milligan and Mike Allred's Ecstatics. Oh, three om- issues. Omnibus. And then we will discuss the book on Sundays using the hashtag uh, Ecstatics Club, all one word. On Twitter? On Twitter. Okay. Uh, the kickoff was July 6th with X-Force 116 through 118. For this Sunday, we'll be doing X-Force 119 through 121 and so on until we're through X-Force, X-Statics, and X-Statics Presents Dead Girl. Um, and then there's some other stuff. Basically, it says if you don't have the omnibus or the issues, uh, you get it all on Marvel Unlimited, which is only four ninety nine a month. Are they writing about it? Uh, no, they're just all going to be talking about it on Twitter, basically. So it's, like Twitter? A, it's like a book club. Yeah, yeah. And so Twitter conversation. Discussions start. Uh, yeah, but Sam's a good guy. Um, He's and also an SPXer. He is, and a big supporter of Big Planet Comics. So you should check out his book club. Uh, that's hashtag ecstatics book club, you guys. Sweet. Hmm? Cool. Huh. Um, hey, Jared and Nick's Chinese food just got here, so we're going to pause the podcast. Be right back. All right, how was that Chinese food, you guys? Man, it was good. I'm so full. It's very hot. All right, cool. Well, I don't remember what we were talking about, so let's do some reviews. We love comics, they're swell, except when they're written by Scott Lobdell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. All right, so first this week, we have 100th Anniversary Special Number 1, Fantastic Four. This is written by Jen Van Meter, who's written a bunch of stuff. 
did she do Blue Monday? Nope, no, but she, she did, did some of... Hopeless uh, Savages? Yep, Hopeless Savages. With art by Joanna Estep. And so this is the first in a group of books. Uh, I think they're going to be like eight of them or something like that. Five. Five. There we go. Uh, that uh, basically are like a hundred years from the inception of Marvel. So they all take place in 2041. No, 2041. And then it jumps ahead 15 years. So, ah, gotcha. Uh, 56 or something like that. Sure. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. So this first one is about fantastic four and it's kind of a crazy sci-fi story. Yeah. Uh, so basically the way they're treating this is like, literally this is an issue of fantastic four that will be coming out in that year. Uh, so the opening premise is that, uh, the Fantastic Four of the future, which is basically the normal squad plus Doctor Doom, uh, try to do something and are, in fact, killed. And then it jumps to the regular series, which is, like, half, like, friends or descendants. So it's kind of like you get to see Fantastic Four, like, in the future, the next evolution. So we get, uh, basically, four new characters um, who are, let's see, there's a Richard Banner's, Richard's Banner group which i believe are the sons of man the kids i don't actually know where they're from <laughs> uh that's okay I don't yeah. they're like yeah they're like half hulk kids yeah basically they're hulk kids but yeah you get you get like all the like fantastic four like interaction and family feeling but with a whole set of new characters um and yeah so flying around in space doing their normal thing and the plot is basically that they finally figure out that susan storm sue storm uh, invisible woman is the only one who was not taken uh who was not killed in the horrible thing and all this time she's been kind of like locked down and the government's refusing to let her use any of her powers and stuff and they uh she's basically been waiting all this time knowing that the rest of fantastic four aren't dead and are somehow going to find a way to come back and so this is when she finally says i've gotten the signal they're coming back we need to get ready and i'm finally going to be able to use my powers and break out and let's get the fantastic four together and go rescue everybody and this was really fun. I thought it was, it had that kind of epic, crazy events feeling of the Fantastic Four, but grounded with like really good character stuff. And you really got a good feeling for the interaction of the family. And even though most of these characters you hadn't seen them before, they had enough like backstory kind of written into their dialogue that it felt like you were just reading an issue that you'd missed, you know, <laughs> to 400 issues of Fantastic yeah, Four. Yeah, kind of the main characters are Valeria and Sue. Um, and uh, their relationship is pretty interesting. But it's pretty, pretty crazy because, you know, Sue Storm is really old and uh, Reed Richards and, and everybody are coming back, but they're, they're yeah, still they the same age. Yeah, they just basically had been stuck in another dimension or something, yeah. but hadn't aged. So, yeah. Yeah, and the art school kind of reminds me of, like, Philippe Andrade or uh, who was the guy that drew NYX? Oh, man. I can't Josh. Oh, uh, yeah. Josh Middleston? Middleton. Yeah, Josh Middleston. Yeah, yeah. it kind of reminds me Middleton? of his stuff a lot, too. Middleton. Middleton, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was cool. It was fun. It felt very futuristic. And, uh, yeah, it's a good one-off story. So there'll be a few more of these. We'll probably we'll definitely review the Avengers one when that comes out, because that's by James Stokoe. So. Yep. Oh, yeah, and uh, this one is... I couldn't tell about all these. The only Spider-Man ones come out this week. Uh, this one does say at the end to be continued in the Guardians of the Galaxy one. So I'm sure... I think some of these will tie together, and others will just be standalones. Cool. So we'll see. Oh, interesting. All right. Up next, we've got Death Sigil number one. This is by uh, Stepjohn Sijek. Sijek? None of us know how to say his name. Yeah, but he's the guy that uh, drew artifacts, and he's drawn a bunch of Top Cow stuff. And this is a new book from Top Cow. I'm going to say Stepan Sijek. Stepan Sijek. I think okay. the J's are pronounced like Y's. Sounds about right. Cool. <laughs> So, yeah, this book uh, is a – what is it about? It's about basically there's uh, the Green Reaper and um, kind of her acolytes are fighting these demons. 
um, and like necromancers and stuff. And uh, the main plot is this, uh, this 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 guy is trying to become a necromancer, and so he he gets this woman to fall in love with her so he can kill her and that way you know her blood will be potent and her anger will be potent enough to bring he's a big jerk these demons yeah it open a portal and bring these demons into on earth um and uh he does that and these demons get in a fight with uh these kind of acolytes of death and they can summon undead warriors they summon like all these undead vikings and stuff and there's this huge fight um and then the the girl that's been murdered kind of uh Ends up becoming a new acolyte of death. Um, it's pretty cool. I, it's, it's, I like the art a lot. It's very cartoony. Um, not like super. It's not like super top cowy, which I did, I liked. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not. It's like toned down from top cow's normal style. Yeah, it's not super gruesome or super sexualized, but uh, it's good. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. That's about it. <laughs> what else you got, Jared? I thought. Yeah, I thought it was like a cool fancy thing because like the main character uh, Samuel Lewis, like basically he gets shot trying to save someone in a mugging and then he is taken by death to become one of these protectors. And so with him, you know, then jumps to him having done this for years and being really good at it and summoning all these Viking ghosts and stuff. You get to see him go on this mission against these necromancers and be outgunned totally by them. So you see that something much more dangerous is going on than normal. And so when the, the sacrificial girl is, you know, basically killed to bring this ritual, you get to kind of see all these things go through again. So you kind of see like how the stakes have been raised and stuff. Um, I thought the monsters in this look really cool. Like the designs, the, like they're not just like summoning demons. That they're look very kind of like Lovecraft. Yeah, kind of. very Cthulhuid. Yeah, Lovecraftian tentacled monstrosities. Also, the Grim Reaper has a, a raven that turns into a T Rex, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, basically, uh, or a dragon or something. But yeah, basically, I believe it's Hugin who is one of the ravens of Odin. Yeah. Eh, eh. Uh, so yeah, so there's some nice nods to like mythology and stuff, and kind of like. The fact that there, like, he's clearly thought out the backstory of this, that, you know, like, how these things work together and who's famous and who has the powers and stuff. And there's a cool, you know, evilness building up. There's, like, a nice, you know, here's the real bad guy behind the scenes at the end of sort of stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, good. I thought it was pretty awesome. It's definitely the best Top, top Cow book in a very long yes. time. <laughs> so if you like, like, kind of those crazy fantasy things, it was, I'd say fantasy horror even. It was really cool. Yeah, it was fun. Cool. Uh, up next, we've got Grayson Number One. This is written by Tim Seeley and uh, Tom King. Tim Seeley wrote Hack Slash, and he's writing Revival right now. Mm-hmm. And Tom King has been working on the Nightwing series and uh, is now writing this and is going to be signing at our store next week. Uh, and the art in this is by Mikel Janin, who was drawing what DC book was he drawing? Before? Uh, he was just, just League Dark. Yeah, first started. and yeah, I've always liked his art, and I think his art's really good in yeah, this as good well. Choice for this one. So basically, at the end of Forever Evil, uh, just to talk about this, we kind of have to spoil that. Uh, Nightwing dies, or at least everybody thinks that he's dead. And this is a book about him becoming a kind of covert ops spy, working for the organization Spiral, um, which has the word spy in the name. Convenient. And uh, so he's out on a mission, and there's this other Russian spy that's keeping an eye on him, which is this guy? Is it the Midnighter? Yeah, it's Midnighter. Okay, it's weird. Is he Russian? No, no, he's not the Russian spy. He's just uh, he's works just for uh, an agent. Is he not the Russian spy? That's so the Russian spy is the blonde. Girl. Is the blonde woman? Oh, okay. No, okay. I got confused by that. Yeah. So she's a Russian. I thought they were working together for a second for some reason. No, nah, maybe uh, it's just the dude who shows up to beat people up. Yeah. So um, you don't really exactly know what uh, mission Nightwing is on or Grayson is on. Yeah, but you kind point. of figure it out as it goes along. Yeah, as it goes along, and that's kind of 
part of the end, so I don't really want to say too much about that. But basically, um, yeah, it's just like actiony. It's kind of like the this first issue is kind of like the cold open of a James Bond movie. Yeah, yes. Um, it's like kind of you just jump into the mission and you know you you just go along with it, and it's pretty cool. There's a lot of interesting like gadgets introduced. Yeah, uh, Grayson has this new power. Uh, it's called Hypnose. a Hypnos, and he basically can use it to like kind of glamour people like a like a vampire <laughs> yeah yeah and uh yeah so and there's a big fight scene at the end and then the thing that kind of grabbed me in this is the the kind of reveal and twist at the end which i thought was pretty cool also the part there's where a lot of twist in this there's oh yeah just the one big thing at the end though i thought was oh there's so many things going on in here the part where i knew i liked it was uh when he hypnotizes the um the target who's uh, who's russian and he convinces them that he's his, his best friend and I had to go to my girlfriend, Alina, who's, who's Russian, to translate it. Oh, yeah. What did it say? Uh, it says, like, we're best friends. But also the uh, the little character, there's, like, a, a picture of, of them kind of. He hypnotized them, and he, he imagines they're best friends. Oh, yeah. What are those things called? Like, like a churry or something? And this little, this little creature Cherubs? that uh, I, uh, my girlfriend actually has a doll of that speaks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And she was, wow. she was like, what the? It's but, yeah, I thought this was good spy really stuff funny. and set up a lot of uh, – a lot of stuff for the future about the organization he's working for and just yeah, and kind like of what, what their goals he's are. Doing, but it's also like what Grayson's doing with them. You're not sure if he has like more ulterior motives. He's clearly doing some weird stuff. Uh, the other agents, like there's the people who are training him and then they're the people who are being trained with him and nobody really trusts anyone. It's got like that real like and you don't spies versus spies working together. Kind and you of don't feeling. exactly know why he is working for them. Yep, at, exactly. At, yet, at least. So, yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. That is Grayson number one. It's nice to see a good DC number one. Yep. Come out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Up next, we have Legendary Star-Lord uh, number one. This is written by Sam Humphreys, who's been writing Nova and, well, basically, it's Sam Humphreys and Paco Medina, who were the team on Nova just recently, right? No. Paco Bedino was drawing Nova, but no, Sam Humphreys was doing Uncanny Avengers? Or no, Uncanny X-Force. Oh, yeah, yeah. The are uh, just X-Force? No. Anyway. No. He's not doing that. He's, <laughs> he's doing Uncanny But X-Force. he also wrote, uh, what was that um, short thing he wrote about people having sex with vegetables and stuff? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> but yeah, that. he did that too. Um, everybody's been like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And this uh, kind of recasts Star-Lord as kind of a Robin Hood character. Uh, yeah. Um, it starts off with kind of in the middle of the action where Star Lord is fighting a bunch of uh, Badoon on a alien planet, and you know you get to get a little feel of how he works on his own, and uh, I, he he has this like kind of secret relationship with Kitty Pride where they kind of hollow talk to each other through holograms. That, that was some of my favorite stuff in this. Yeah. I, I loved that they relationship really well when together. they set it up in the the um, the. The, G- the trial of Jean Grey storyline, right. and I think it. I when I saw there was going to be a Star Lord miniseries, I was like, "Oh, all right, Kitty Pride is going to be in this." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And she, I mean, the basic gist of it is that he, he I don't know how to deal without spoiling it, but he yeah. finds out that he may have some other family members, um, and uh, he kind of does a. It's but he's he he's supposed to be saving the school, and he tells them he's saving the school. And he gets kind of caught, and he's like, uh, the real thing is that he's actually trying to steal this crystal to... Yeah, it's funny, because you think he's selfish, and then it kind of comes off like, oh, no, he's, like, selfless. But then you're like, oh, no, he is kind of... Right. He's, he's yeah. still a rogue. He goes back and forth, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but I thought it was fun. Uh, but I thought the better of the two new uh, Guardians books this week was Rocket Raccoon number 1, written oh, yeah. and drawn by uh, Scotty Young. Man, it's like they got a movie coming out or something. It is like they have a movie coming out. <laughs> yeah, this was just like a, like a, a super fun sci-fi 
Romp. Romp, yeah, starring Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, uh, so Scotty Young, like, I was kind of worried about this because uh, Scotty Young can go very cartoony to the point. Like, he's, he's got that kind of developed kid style almost. Yeah, not even just cartoony, like, the, but like the uber cutesy style. So I was kind of worried about this, that he was going to be doing that too much. Well, because he does all those baby covers. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. where you're just like, and you can see that Rocket Raccoon would, would lend to that kind of style of a story and art. But instead, he I feel like he is, his lines kind of got sh- like more angular or sharper in this. So he kind of rounded off the cutesy edges. This comic's also rated T. Oh, yeah. I, I'm saying, but I'm just saying his art style like stepped up to this. And then, yeah, the story completely matches it. it is Rocket Raccoon and his most nefarious, uh, I don't know, womanizing, getting in over his head, stealing <laughs> from everybody, double-crossing yeah, well, stuff. The kind of cold open thing is where he's... Uh, he saves this princess and, you know, he kisses her. And then it cuts to him with another girl, like, years later at a wrestling match where that Groot is involved in. And I don't know. It's it's really funny. Yeah, he, drags, he drags this girl on a date to watch his best friend in a wrestling match and basically is ignoring the poor girl the whole time. And so you get all these, like, awesome, like, interactions with the two of them as Groot is, like, trying to figure out how to survive this horrible match. He's, you know, fighting this really strong monster and... Wall, of course, Rocket Raccoon is being in a very public place, although he's wanted by everyone in the galaxy, and then quickly chase scenes and everyone after him and insanity. And then, um, not to give too much away, but it almost has a very Scott Pilgrim-esque yes. ending. There you go. Good, good way of putting it. I won't, I won't say much more than that, but uh, I think it sets up stuff uh, for the future pretty well. And yeah, what Jared was saying about the art style is true. It's... it's um, it's cartoony in a different way. Like, it almost reminds me of Doug Tennaple, and it also yeah. seems to be, you yeah. know, the settings and stuff very influenced by, like, European stuff, like yeah. 2000 AD, right. or even, you know, it doesn't look like Mobius, but you can see that kind of influence in here. Yeah, he has some great chase scenes and big monsters and spaceships and stuff, but really inventive stuff. And it's always really funny. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, it was just really funny, really action-packed. Uh, yeah, Rocket Raccoon's basically like a little space Indiana Jones. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and it's awesome. Yep. All right, cool. Well, up next we have original. Oh no, we've got the life after number one. This is written by Joshua Hell Fiakoff, who's written quite a few things at this point. He writes Bunker right now. Yeah, he writes Bunker right Which now, and he wrote memoirs. Did he write that one? I get that there were two that were coming out that I get confused <laughs> all the time. All right, all right. But uh, yeah, uh, he's writing Bunker, and the art in this is by Carlos Magno, who has done stuff. No, it's not. Oh, geez, I'm looking at RoboCop. <laughs> Gabo. The, yeah, this is by Gabo. The one named artist. Lettered by Crank. I didn't see that. <laughs> Lettered by Crank? Crank. <laughs> uh, and this is a story. This is weird. This is a little hard to review because. Yeah, so much of this is the reveal. Yeah. Um, but we can start with this, the early setup that basically it's a guy who leads kind of the office drone life where just every day is the same boring routine over and over again. He's so stuck in a rut that he, he can see like. An escape clause of just like if I did something better with my life, and he has these opportunities all around. Yeah, it's him. like almost something almost happens every day. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm kind of great at my job. Uh, I kind of like this girl. She kind of does this, and yeah, you know, it's, it's everything right on the border. And you see that the world—it's not like this own kind of boring structure that he's imposed on himself. Like the world is very—you find out very structured in very re- weird ways. They keep repeat, keep repeating like Groundhog Day style. Yeah, but very, very quickly, like you realize that someone is messing with reality, like the world. Like you know, like when the opening scene is like the sun's coming up, and then there's a caption is like adjust people's moods for the sun rising and you're like what's going on and you clearly see that there are people in a kind of surveillance spot who are manipulating situations and people and so the the crux point for this poor guy is that 
every day on the bus, the groundhog situation is this girl drops her handkerchief, and he's always like, if I picked it up right now, I could give it back to her and have a conversation. And he goes into this, you know, fancy dreamland of how his life might change if he did this, and he never does. But and, then, but and then, then he, he does, does finally. So yeah, I, I think I liked about this uh, the art is they do a lot of small panels like. Regular pages will have like three or four rows on it, and some of the er- early pages here have like five panels by five. So it's like this very, very monotonous grid of super tiny detail. And then, you know, it opens up with like, you know, bigger things start happening. Uh, but yeah, so basically he tries to connect with this girl, and things go really batty. And should we go more into what? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, just, I, weird things happen. He just starts messing with the system, and then he starts hallucinating or seeing Something. seeing things. We and, don't know. Uh, and then, a lot of crazy things start happening, and he he just starts slowly figuring out what's actually going on. And, where and then by the end, you find out what is going on, or yeah. maybe. <laughs> and, and they start cutting back and forth. Do you see a lot more of the behind the scenes of the manipulators watching all this? So you're getting both sides of it, and then. Definitely more actors are showing up on the and scene. And a very well-known person shows up at the end. Yes. That's true. That I actually did not like that part. But yeah. uh, No? No, but overall, I did like the book, and uh, I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah. yeah. Up next, Original Sin, Thor... Or wait, hold on. I'm going to do the whole title oh, of this. Boy. Original Sin 5.1, Thor and Loki, The Tenth Realm, number one, <laughs> written by Jason Ehring and Al Ewing, with art by Lee Garbett and Simone Bianchi. Yeah, so going to be like he does two Whew. pages. Does two pages, yeah, yeah. League Arbe's or one page? Who draws... Oh, a two-page spread. Yeah. He's the guy who draws Loki. So this is more kind of a Loki book than anything else. Really? I don't know about that. No. I think Thor is There's the main character. He's kind of the main character, but this is uh, spinning off of events in uh, Loki. And it's it's the script is actually by Al Ewing and... Uh, the artist by the guy who draws Loki. <laughs> so yeah, so so basically in both uh, of them. In but they're um, both in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I thought Jason Aaron also worked on the script. He did the. Story. He worked on the story. Oh, okay. Um, but but the thing is, like a lot, all all the plot points in this are stuff from Loki. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and then some from uh, uh, original sin. Ob- right, right. Obviously, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. So this is uh, starts off with uh, the big thing that happened in original sin, which is uh, the orb had the Watcher's eyeball and it sent secrets out to everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> And in Original Sin, Thor found out that he had a sister. Right. And so... And uh, he immediately goes flying away to deal with that, and this is what happens. Yeah, so this this follows him from there, which I think is really cool. It's one of the things I like about Original Sin is yeah. it's it's so easy to tell separate stories right. um, about these characters. So basically, Thor goes to uh, his mom and is like, hey, I've got a sister. Right. And, and his she's mom's, like, nuh-uh. She's like, no, I saw your sister die, and then tells the kind of story of what happened. And Thor's like, no, I saw more than what you know, and my sister's still alive. So I'm going to go to Loki because he knows about tricks and stuff right. like that. And, uh, yeah, and then basically they go to find his sister. And should I say who the sister is? I mean, yeah, it's obvious. From it's the on the cover. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So his sister is Angela, right. the Neil Gaiman creation from Spawn, right. yep. who uh, has been recently introduced in the Marvel Universe, right. and who I guess they finally found actually something to do with besides yeah. just put in Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> yeah. for no reason. Yeah. And that's about it. Well, the thing that I thought was interesting about that is they prim- the premise to introduce her is that there are traditionally nine worlds in you know asgardian mythology nine like realms, earth right. and where asgard is and like seven other ones they're basically yeah where all the dark elves and the giants and all them live you've seen them in the movies and they so, go to the 10th realm yeah so this is basically expanding the asgardian universe out saying there's a 10th realm full of angels which are from spawn the, the one thing i thought was really funny was they're like now we're in the 10th realm where the art is different 
Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> the artist changes yeah. for, like, two pages edits. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I thought that was really weird. And I was, was like... kind of interesting because it's kind of like... It makes you feel like it's a completely different... <laughs> like even dimension or anything yeah. yeah i thought it was like cool world or something like that <laughs> um but uh yeah and and the art is actually really cool there it reminds me of um the who's the guy that did all the art for like the roadie stories or whatever like those painted thor books that came out oh boy oh that was uh ribic right that oh i saw ribic yeah, yeah. yeah those were great um yeah but this was good yeah and uh it's always fun i thor and loki are always fun together yeah um, and i feel like they've been really leaning into sort of their relationship with the movies recently in the yeah. comics and yeah. uh and which is good because that works and it's fun yeah. yeah all right up next we've got robocop it's called robocop 2014 <laughs> number one but, 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 but uh, the thing is it's a robocop from the 80s yeah so. this, this definitely takes well, place in 1988 says robocop so maybe it's just robocop oh yeah no it's just called robocop that's just what uh the official title is robocop 2014 yeah. but uh yeah this is uh written by joshua williamson with art by carlos Magno. uh i should mention that the colors are by marissa louise who is a person who's a good colorist that i know on twitter that's um right. <laughs> uh and this is uh, for for my money this is the most robocop type most RoboCopy. Most RoboCopy comic I've ever read. This is a direct sequel to the first RoboCop movie. Which is um, pretty funny that they just, yeah. I mean, the like, first line is the, uh, in this comic is I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> um, so this this basically follows RoboCop through some gang wars. And he's just, it starts out with him just shooting lots and lots of people. Yeah. But uh, by, by later on in the book, they set up, uh, well, you meet this criminal early on. This guy, um, what is his name? Um no, there's a lot of swear words in this comic, you guys. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Killian, I think is his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it basically leads into uh, there's a new law on the books in Neo Detroit or Old Detroit or whatever it's called that all guns that aren't owned by the police department are being confiscated. Right. And they're putting RoboCop and Judge Anderson or whatever his partner's <laughs> name is <laughs> on the case. Um, isn't she played by the same person? Isn't that Nancy Allen in RoboCop and the Judge Dredd movie? No, Judge Dredd or someone else. So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so they put them on the case, and then the guy that is their liaison from the mayor's office is this evil criminal. Yeah. And that's wah, 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 pretty wah, much wah. it. Well, yeah, so, and then, you know, uh, it turns out, yeah, I mean, it's... The thing I liked, the part I liked about this is the action sequence in the beginning is very much like it's a, insane. a RoboCop action sequence. And there's a really funny part where this guy's like sniffing drugs off a gun. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, he's, he, there's a really funny part where RoboCop's climbing up the stairs and it's like, thump, thump, thump. And he's like, oh, man, RoboCop's really slow. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to throw a bunch of grenades down there. And he's like, got him. And then RoboCop punches his eyes out. <laughs> yeah. Like the violence is perfectly done. The uh, violence is, yeah, insane. It's, uh, and the art is incredible. Um, Carlos Magno drew uh, Planet of the Apes for a while, and then he was doing... Um, oh, yeah, when it was really good. When uh, Who was writing that? It was like... Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I can't, can't remember. remember. And then it yeah, was, it was uh, he drew Deathmatch, which is also amazing. Oh, I forgot about Deathmatch. Yep. Uh, yeah, but he's got a very detailed style, very similar to uh, Juan Jose Reap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, this was a really fun RoboCop. I've been reading all the recent RoboCop comics that have come out, and they've there been all right. Few. This one's the yeah. best. But this one's the sure. best, for sure. Yeah. All right, up next. We... Oh, also Joshua Wilson. Williamson is the guy who writes uh, Night Nailbiter, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I forgot to mention that. I don't know if you did. Um, all right, up next. Wait, did you guys read Safari Honeymoon? 
No. no. Okay, we'll Sorry, do that next that week. Uh, I know we have t- we also have 12 gems on here. I want to do that next week because I want to go through it one more time and then talk about it a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> so good. Yeah, it's it's really good, but I want to read it again because uh, I read it last week. Up next, we've got Spider-Man 2099, number one. This is written by Peter David, who wrote a bunch of Star Trek novels with art by uh, Will Sliney. And he wrote Spider-Man 2099. Oh, he wrote the original Spider-Man 2099. Sure did. Yep, and he also wrote a bunch of Star Trek novels. And, <laughs> and X-Factor. Yeah. And X-Factor. And, and Hulk. A bunch of Star Trek <laughs> novels. Uh, yeah, he wrote Hulk when I was reading Hulk back in the olden days. Good Dale Keown. Dale, yeah, uh, back when Dale Keown. Before the pre-pit days. Pre-pit days. Pre-pit. Uh, yeah, and this is a Spider-Man 2099 comic with a lot of exposition in it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, there's a lot, I, I feel like there's a lot of catching up that they try to do for readers that aren't familiar with. There the, sure what, is a big block of text on the first page. What's happening? <laughs> uh, but basically, uh, Miguel O'Hara, who's the Spider-Man of 2099, is trapped in uh, present-day New York, um, and he's trying to basically stop his future from happening. Um, and he works for the company Alchemax, who, uh, who in the future kind of runs everything. And so, kind of behind the scenes, he's trying to stop all that. And is- then. Is the plot of Spider-Man 29 very similar to the the plot of Rocket Girl? A little bit. Okay. But then Mm. a time-traveling kind of cop shows up. time cop? Oh, you mean a Terminator? Yeah. yeah, Time cop. (laughs) Or a time cop? But I think he's human. Is it the muscles? Well, so it's time cop. Yeah, yeah, but not like The muscles from Brussels? (laughs) Does he do a split in this comic? (laughs) He does. Yeah. Um, And he tries to kind of kill... Uh, Spider-Man 29, and then there's a hilarious part where Spider-Man makes a deal with him uh, that involves <laughs> this guy killing somebody else instead of <laughs> Spider-Man. Um, I thought yeah. that was a really good way to set up. Basically, uh, Spider-Man 2099 is in... Uh, what is his real name? I'm like calling him Spider-Man. Miguel O'Hara. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Miguel is in a room with this woman, and uh, his assassin comes Who's in. Who's Allen? Oh, is it Liz uh, Allen? Yeah, yeah it's Liz okay. Allen. He's like, I can kill you, or I can kill her, because basically the reason I want to kill you is because of stuff that you do with her anyway. Yeah. And Spider-Man 29, and I was like, fine, just go kill her, that's fine. <laughs> he's like, okay. That's totally fine. Uh, yeah, but it was fun. There was yeah. definitely a lot of setup, and I felt yeah. like it was a little clunky at times, uh, which is a very Peter David-y kind of thing. Peter David is kind of in a, you got to stick it with it for a while, and then as it goes along, it gets... It really pays off. a lot of payoff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's how his X-Factor was, certainly. Yeah, definitely now, even now, the new X-Factor, like, uh, the first few issues are a little iffy, and it's it's finally paying off. And is it? It's great. Maybe I should yeah. catch up on it. But uh, yeah, Spider-Man 2999 was good. Yep, and then there's some uh, a nice twist at the end, so that was pretty cool. Are they bringing back any of the other... T- oh, here's a thing that happened in this comic. He's looking at apartments, and he's in apartment number 2099. Yeah. <laughs> no, I saw that, too. And I thought that was really weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, you know, that's what the title is. Yeah. It's not, it's not Spider-Man from 2099. He's Spider-Man of apartment 2099. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like going to be a show. lot of It doesn't matter if that's in the title. It's not in, like in Back to the Future 3. He it's lives like that, at 3 Third Street. Well, it's like that, sh- that show from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that 80s show? No. Like, about, about the apartment. Uh, oh, apartment three B two. Oh, two two seven. Two two seven. Yeah, yeah. He's like Spider Man. You mean with Sherman Hemsley <laughs> yeah. from Mister Nanny? <laughs> from Mister Nanny and Saturday the Fourteenth. Um, yeah. So uh, that comic was okay. He's not in Saturday the Fourteenth. He's in Ghost Fever. Oh, I'm thinking of Ghost Fever. Is he not in Saturday the Fourteenth? He might be. <laughs> he might also be in that. I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, uh, listen to our other podcast that we're never going to do, <laughs> the Video Horror Show. Yeah. Um, talk about Sherman Hemsley nonstop, exclusively. Uh, up next we have Spread Number One. This is written by Justin Jordan, the writer of uh, Luther Strode, Dead End Road, and other w- comics with Ode in them. <laughs> and uh, this is drawn by Kyle Strom, who's a new artist who I don't 
really know that well. Do you, do you guys know him? No. Yeah. Nope. Uh, but I think he does a good job on this. Uh, Spread is a very gross comic. <laughs> yes. Uh, with a lot of gross stuff it's in it. It's that gross. Uh, <laughs> the basic, it's pretty gross. There's, it's a really easy way to sum this book up. It's basically The Thing, like John Carpenter's The Thing. I think it's called The Thang. The but Thang, okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> is If the thing spread across the entire earth um, and... You know, and and because of that, the Earth is kind of like this Mad Maxy type future. Um, and this guy stumbles upon this woman who's carrying a baby. Um, well, first people beat the crap out of her, which I thought that was a bit much, but anyway, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. there's you know they set up that these bad guys are pretty terrible. They're willing to kill a baby, um, and you find out some stuff about how this baby might be kind of uh, hope for the future. Oh, you mean the baby named Hope? Yep. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like you can say what happens at the end of this just because it is really the hook that kind of sells this book. Right. Right. It's going to end up being like Lone Wolf and Cub because basically the baby, um, its tears kill the monsters or I guess any part of it kills the monsters. Um, we don't know. Maybe just the tears. They're spread across the earth. So this guy's going to walk across the earth shaking his baby so it cries. <laughs> yeah. And then or he's going to make a super soaker, fill it with the baby's tears. The baby's face on the cover cracks me up. Really oh yeah, that's really. Funny. Uh, but uh, yeah, the what did you guys think of this? I liked it. Uh, it's not like uh, like a the best first issue. It's but it's good. I like the world. I like the kind of the thing taking over the earth. And I like. Yeah. I thought know, the setting like, was really cool. There's like uh, tentacles with mouths coming out of people's eyes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There definitely are a lot of things that look like like weird like butts with eyeballs in them or something uh but yeah i mean i thought the end was interesting enough i i'm just curious to see where it's going right. i mean because i get i get what's happening so the, baby's but the way name, it ends almost seems like the end of a short story or something yeah yeah. the baby's name isn't really hope is it not they say they, they call her because because yeah they call her because the woman is like this is hope yeah named after hope from cable on x they're saying she's saying that the baby is hope Oh, I thought that literally. Her, I thought that her hope. name was Hope. Yeah, like Hope from Cable. That's what he thinks, and then he's like, "I realized it's not her name; it's what she is." Uh, did you read Safari Honeymoon, Jared? Sure did. Should we just talk about Safari Honeymoon? No, I want to read it. Okay, Nick's going to read it next week, everybody. Uh, and then Jared has to finish Twelve Gems. Finish it. Oh well, I want to reread Twelve Gems. I know you said <laughs> I read ready. it. I read it as fast as I possibly could the minute we got it. In. Yeah, so, so good. Like, yeah, uh, it's it, great. We'll it, talk about it soon. It is really good. Well, cool. Well, that is the end of this. Wait, you're not going to be here next week. I'm not going to be here next week. Talk about twelve gems. No, we'll talk about it when I come back. No, my god, we'll talk about it next week with I. That's fine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I, I guess I won't be here next week because I have family in town. So we'll tune in to see who will be here. All right, on the next episode of the Big Planet Comics Podcast. Bye. <laughs>